Welcome to the Reggae Pod Clash, where a man like Devin, that's me, and Reggae Raj talk all things reggae. On today's episode, we are joined by the one and only Mr. B.B. Seaton. Yo, yo, what's up, Devin? Hey, what's up, Raj? How's it going? It's going okay. Uh, you know, we uh, just got last night the unfortunate news, the unfortunate news of two Tibbert's passing. And so that's at the forefront. Mm-hmm. It's a rough one, you know. We found out he got COVID a, a couple of weeks ago, or a week ago, and you know you always want to hope that, that people pull through when they're in the hospital with this thing. And and it felt like he would. I, I I really did too. If anybody was right, how strong is he? So right, I feel like everybody thought yeah, thought that he um, would. You know, we have Mr. BB Seaton on the show today, and yes, he has some really cool stories. You know, we record these things previously, so. Uh, we you know we're not we're not going to play Toots Records at the top today although we you know we feel like we'd like to but next uh, next Saturday we're going to do a f- special Toots uh, tribute where we'll we'll play all of his music and have some special guests to maybe you know talk about Toots or whatever um, but yeah today my tune of the week is one of my favorites by Justin Hines and the Dominoes um, this is a, from 1975 you know Justin Hines is very well known for the ska and rocksteady in early reggae days but he had some great stuff in the mid 70s as well and this is one of my favorite Justin Hines tunes and we'll talk about it on the flip side but I would say all bass players out there especially pay attention to this one this is like textbook for reggae bass players how you can write a melodic line um, and there's two melodic lines in this there's two different bass lines and they're both like hooks so check it out Justin Hines and the Dominoes this one's called Prophecy Must Fulfill Rob. 
Justin Hines with Prophecy Must Fulfill. Yeah, the bass and the guitar, you know, doing the bass line too, I love on that tune. It's got two separate bass lines, right? The first one is the which is yeah. a fat bass line, melodic, and then it switches up to So both of, both of those lines, it's just like the first one was just a great bass line. Then he's like, you know what this tune needs is another even better bass line. So right. I don't Who know. Who do you think playing bass? Yeah, I was trying to think, you know. Now I just hope that every bass player is Val Douglas. So, right. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a Jack Ruby production. So I don't know what that tells us. I mean, the Black Disciples house band, you know, it's like I feel like everyone played in that too. So right. could be Robbie, you know, it could be, mm-hmm. um, could be uh, the guy's name that I'm blanking on right now. It's, it's funny you say Val Douglas, right? Because even our guest today, B.B. Seaton, and looking up his work, you know, Val has played with him. Right. Like, so we're going to bring that up too. But yeah, Val's the star of the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, that tune was taken from a Fox uh, seven inch single, which Jack Ruby would release a lot of uh, singles on that label. But it's also from the um, 1975 LP Jezebel, which is Justin Hines. I think that's his best, um, you know, mid 70s record. It's a, it's a right. great record. And as I mentioned before, I played the record, you know, Justin Hines is, is really best known, I would say, for his ska and rock steady days. But oh, yeah. um, some of the stuff he did in the Rockers era, like that tune, the whole Jezebel record, um, Fire is Burning, that the Expanders used to record and, and play. And you um, actually used our our version of that Justin Hines r- rhythm for uh, an organ instrumental that you yeah. did. Um, you know, so Justin Hines was. He's just one of the best. You can always go back to Justin Hines in the comments here. You know, um, Scatolites band, big up Ken. That's probably Ken. Yeah. Says nothing, nothing to lift up your heart like Justin Hines, and it's totally true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. Totally, um, he's just one of those voices. Um, so you know, we said that we wanna. We got a lot happening on the show today. We want to bring BB on as soon as we can. So um, why don't we get into your record, Raj? What you got for us today? Yeah, this is kind of an obscure tune. I wanted to play it because uh, I recently got it, and I just really like the tune. I've always been a fan of it. It's an instrumental, organ instrumental, um, "Double Dynamite" by the Music Specialist. <laughs> Second measure of pressure <laughs> to fill your soul with
how groovy is that tune, right? Insane. Isn't that insane? I don't think there's another reggae tune like that right there, right? Um, I heard some ride cymbal. I don't hear it, ride cymbal a lot exactly in reggae. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Yes. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I mean, on so many levels, that tune is just out of the box of even reggae at that time, 1969 reggae. Um the ride symbol being one of them that's what <laughs> stuck out to me the first time i heard it uh also it's just you know you got jackie and winston and it doesn't even sound like either of their hmm. styles so i'm so curious to know who the who's in the band you know so the so this this tune is, is pretty unique because the first time i heard of this tune was from a, a famous collector here in los angeles mr mark morales and i was like who what is that and he had the record on of the bullet label and it was credited uh, to the Rhythm Rulers. And the Rhythm Rulers, you know, Harry, Mo- Harry Moody, you might have heard of them, mm-hmm. you know, Harry Moody's house band. And it was called Second Pressure. It was on Bullet. So I'm like over here looking for the tune. Sure enough, find out that it's credited wrong. The band is called The Music Specialist. And I heard of that band. I know that band. But just because of one other tune, they had a song called Dynamic Pressure, mm-hmm. which I have that on 45.2, Wicked Organ Instrumental as well. So it's really, really crazy because this band released two songs. You can't find any other history of, and sure, I'm sure the musicians are played on a bunch of other tracks because, you know, they'll name the different, they'll name the band like just different names, you know? Right, right. But the music specialist, like if you ever see a 45 by them, grab it because it's 10 for 10. And that is some circus carnival yeah. reggae right there. <laughs> that is some. I've never heard it. It's carousel really good. reggae. I yeah. love it so much. The unorthodox chromatic walk down that he does, like it's just they're wrong notes, but he makes them sound right because he resolves on right, right. notes. You know. So man, I'm just a fan of that tune, and um, it's just so groovy. The guitar is doing a nice little skip. Mm-hmm. And uh, the tambourine's going. Yeah, I love the tune. So um, to get really nerdy on it, you know, the, the copy I have is a white label promo. It's on Ken Corey's uh, FRM label, which is a subsidiary of Federal Records. Right. So yeah, it's a real cool tune. And you just got that, you said? Yeah, I just picked it up. And, and you know what? It wasn't a super expensive record, nice. I thought. Now, the Bullet one, I think, is oh. more expensive. But it's like probably just because of the label. You know, so yours and is I got blank. that. I think it was like graded as VG, and it was like there's really sounds good, sounds great. So yeah. I'm stoked on it. But sometimes they grade it based on the label. You know, the fact that it's a blank right. label, right? Um, which to me is never. You know, I'm a collector, but it's all about the music. I don't plan on like I don't collect them because I'm trying to sell them again in ten years. You know what I mean? I, I get For it sure to listen to the music so you know it's nice to have like a mint label but I, right. you know i care way more about how the music on the record sounds i totally totally agree yeah i have so many blank labels that sound yeah. great and they're of great songs that you know i'm like exactly i kind of like when you get a blank label and previous owners have written on it you know mm-hmm. um like you know which side's good because they yeah they'll write very good yeah <laughs> yeah something like that exactly some random person's name <laughs> Well, speaking of 45s and speaking of just a, a huge discography of 45s that I'm in love with, that you're in love with, that everybody out there is in love with, from the ska era into Rocksteady, into early reggae, into roots reggae, into even later reggae. Without further ado, let's bring in the man, the legend, Mr. B.B. Seaton. B.B., how you doing? Greetings and blessings. Everything is good, man. 
I am um I am quite nervous right now because you are so am I you are BBC <laughs> you are BBC <laughs> you oh, are uh, you know you sure you got the right person <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely Roger yes, Roger and I are huge huge fans um I don't know what yeah, to say man. more than that, really. I'm really sorry for you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, stop it. No, it's a pleasure, you know? Yeah. yeah. So tell tell everyone where you're calling from. I'm calling from London, England. And nice. this is my home. Now, I'm a Jamaican, but I'm Jamish now. English and Jamaican. <laughs> Jamish. Nice. nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. yeah, I'm sure you're a rock star over there, you know? I don't know about rock star, maybe a reggae star. Well, reggae, yes, of course, reggae star. Yeah, there you go. You oh, have to be careful when you speak to me now because I'm not that intelligent, right? Oh, stop it. I'm only joking. <laughs> um, That's not what I heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just being reminded of how much music you've been a part of during your whole career is mind-blowing. And, you know, I put you in the same circle as because we're on the subject of Mr. Toots Hibbert, you know, people that have defined ska music, rocksteady, reggae, and not just an artist that maybe came in during rocksteady or came in during late 70s or something. You have a career that has always been just the songs are, are 10 out of 10. So um, I guess let's address that first. I mean, did you know Toots at all? Did you did you have a, a rapport with him? Okay, I've been in the business this year. It will make 60 years. So I actually wow. started in 1960. Wow. And I remember when Toots came in the studio to do his first recording. God rest his soul now. He's dead and he's going to be really missed. And the song was called Alleluia. Hmm. And then the next one was called Six and Seven Books of Moses. Yes. And we were so... Well, I mean, shocked because um, this guy's... Of the kind of gospel, um, uh, Pokemania sound, which was different from the average artist in Jamaica, because we were trying to emulate the Americans and the English. But Twitch seemed like he just wanted to be a Jamaican, a gospel roots singer. And enough respect to the man. And as I say, God rest his soul, you know. He's For played sure. his part very, very well, and he's going to be sadly missed. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you were saying you were there when he recorded those first couple of songs? Well, obviously, because I was there before him. Right. Um, and But you were in the studio? I, what, was like, in, I was in the studio all the time. Wow. That's amazing. Um, I, I'm thinking about Jackie Me Too when you talk about these things. Because, you know, Jackie Me Too was a very good friend of mine. Oh, man. And, um, that's another guy. That's He's not even getting the credit that he deserves in Jamaica. You know, I totally and agree with you. Yeah. And, and Mr. B.B. Seaton, I'm, I'm an organ player. I've been, reggae music is my life, Jamaican music. So Jackie is one of my heroes. Um, so is Winston Wright, but Jackie, Jackie Matu is legendary. So um, yeah, you don't I mind remember, I remember when he used, Jackie. To, he used to um, swat Jimmy Smith. And that's the guy that um, Jackie emulated. And he spent about two years trying to get that sound on the, his organ and he ended up creating a sound of his own you know and Jackie Mitchell mm -hmm. was really respected and I arranged most of the music in Studio One you know with artists that weren't able to play music or you know 
creative on arrangement. Right. Enough respect to him. Yeah, for sure. Um, as, you know, as Roger mentioned, you, you know, and you just alluded to also, you've been there since the very beginning of, you know, the ska days. And I, you know, I always. Sorry, sorry I was there before ska. Right. <laughs> so, so that is exactly see, what I. This is, this is called Bolero music. The first song I did was a song called Tell Me. Mm-hmm. And that was Bolero music. That was before ska. Because ska is coming from the boogie out of America, Louis Jordan and these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so this is where it's kept. But the emphasis is more on the upbeat. Yeah. You know, so and this is where Scott came from. So as someone who was there from even before Scott, do you remember, do you have like a specific memory of the first time you, you heard ska and, and and did it seem like something like did you say like whoa this is something new or was it more of a gradual transition no it's not a matter of hearing scan we actually had to create the thing R- right so it's not a matter of hearing it we created it scale not me alone but you know scatalites you know pseudo one coxon we created scale right and okay so could you tell us a little bit about like those those times when you were really creating were you guys aware that, you know, okay, we're going to create a new music now, or, or was it more or, organic than that? It was more organic, because most of these things in the studio, as I said before, we were doing boogie. Right. Right, and trying to emulate the Americans. One of my songs that I did called um, Only You was more like boogie rather than ska. And the ska came about because the emphasis was on that, uh, 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 so we have Scott Campbell playing his saxophone, that's playing the, that scale alone, along with the guitar, Jajeri, mm-hmm. and um, other musicians, emphasizing on that upbeat. You know, um, that, that was the creation of scale, and it's, it was close to a bit of jazz as well, too, because with Don Drummond and um, Lester Sterling, you know, um, Roland Alfonso, you name them, some mm-hmm. classic musicians. Yeah, there's a, there's yeah. a song. And it's it, it's not when I hear it, it's not really in your face, stereotypical Scott. You know, it's that shuffle kind of ballad sound. There's a song called "Tell Me." Yes, you know that that too. And so, I mean, 1963, BB Seaton. Um, that song's called "Tell Me." That's the first song like, I did. How do you describe that? I describe it as like a shuffle ballad, like a. No, I just told you before. It's just bolero. It's just bolero. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's I the like one. It. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> that's the first time I did before Scar. Yeah, right. said bolero, right? So it was bolero, and we we doing a bit of boogie, and then mm-hmm. Scar. Right. And then um, you know, as obviously this is the music slowed down because um, I think the first song that we did called um, "You Should Never Do That" mm-hmm. was the one that helped to create the rock steady. Uh-huh. Because if you notice, if you I don't know if you know, um, you should never do that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, the bass line was like doom 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 doom. Different from the doom 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 coming from jazz, right? We get to ska. So um, we actually, this is one of the first songs that didn't have a um a saxophone playing the the solo, because the rhythm was so great that they just left it, and people were dancing after the rhythm. Now, for you to create, because we had played so many notes in the music, this is why it slowed it down, because with Rocksteady, you wouldn't just play a straight bass. You'd be able to put more notes in, because it's slower. Am I making sense? Absolutely. Totally, yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's how the Rocksteady came about as well. So that's um, always interesting, like, um, to hear... 
artists different takes on you know what the first rocksteady song is so so and i've never heard you should never do that cited as as an example but now that you're mentioning that and all the things you bring up it makes perfect sense because yeah like just like you said the bass is not playing that jazzy walking thing it's more of a a line that you can um you know hum and and it's repetitive yeah so and that's you know really one of the hallmarks of of rocksteady and then reggae is that the bass is so yeah and and i'm not saying i'm not sorry i'm not saying sorry to talk over you but i'm not saying that i created rocksteady i influenced that my music influenced it because you had to slow it down and that was a the 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 the, the, um, beginning of the music slowing down because of so many notes in that particular song Uh right so you know i had to contribute to it but i didn't create it right no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, That's really cool. I don't like taking the credit, and I like the cash. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't we all? <laughs> Going back yeah. a little er- a little earlier to, um, from that song I mentioned earlier, which was "Tell Me," in 1963, you also had a song called "Power." Yeah, that was that was um, a song that um, we did because there was, there was going to be a clash with. Studio um Coxon sound mm-hmm. and Joe Creed sound. And um Coxon said to me, Baby, I want you to do a song called We've Got the Same Kind of Power over here. So I can actually play against Joe Creed. And they had wow. a big clash that in downtown Kingston at a place called Liberty Hall. And it's in my book. Nice. Oh yes. Yes. Where can people get that book? Well it's I'm trying to you can get it. For, from London, but I'm trying to get it on um, Amazon now, so it will be able. And I'm going to have an ebook version of it as well. Excellent. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, so, you know, yeah, that information is in this as well. Nice. Yeah, that was I def, that was my question. It was like, what was it written about? Because it's so, you could tell some of these songs written, you're like, okay, it's not just a vague no. writing process. It's actually specific about something. That was so. there. Right. Uh, so that's like a li- that's a literal message, like sound system yeah. stuff. We got the same kind of power over here. Wow, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. everything that you can do. I can do it too. You got the same kind of power. I remember we were waiting outside um, on King Street. That's the name of the street where the Liberty Hall is on. And Coxon's um, uh, fans would not go into the, the, the um, Liberty Hall because Juke was Juke Reed was playing. So when it reached 12 o'clock in the night now, it was um, uh, Coxon's time to play. So everybody went in and Duke didn't want to stop playing. So both of these guys had legal firearms. So they, you know, acting like they wanted to pull guns and all of that. So everybody was ducking behind the, the house of joy. This is what they used to call the sound system boxes, right? Nice. Even myself, I was ducking behind the boxes a little bit. I didn't know what was going to happen with these two guys. <laughs> well, eventually, just um, you know, everything subsided. So mm-hmm. Coxon started to play, and he did a song called Skeba. Yeah, that was recorded in the same session, right? Skeba is the fusion of ska and bossa nova mm-hmm. music. So when when you um King Stitt, God rest his soul, now mm-hmm. he he started with Skeba, and then played. We've got the same kind of over here, and the place went wild. Wow. You know, so actually, um, Coxon won that. Um, nice. Right. <laughs> wow. What I would give just to time travel and see that. Jeez. I wish I, I wish I'd take the damn thing. Yeah. Because, you know what I mean? That is history. I mean. 
You should have pulled out your phone at that time and just taped it. <laughs> what phone? <laughs> yeah, the scoff phone. The scoff. <laughs> and so, you know, staying with the whole scoff thing, a couple years, because I definitely want to get into, you know, BB and the Astronauts, right? So, in 1965, the song Please Beverly. First of all, what was the the intention to start that the first band. song that we did it wasn't please beverly it was rub it down okay and that was done with the, with the band that was a show band um, i mean we used to play for people to dance and all that kind of things so but we actually went into the studio booked the studio ourselves in those in 1965 and did four songs you know for two of was bolero i need your, your i don't need your love something like that i want called church bells and we did um, rub it down, and um, and then there's another one that we did. Uh, I still remember it, mm-hmm. you know. But it wasn't um, that the song that you mentioned, right? Right. That's that one was done for a company called. Um, I'm trying to remember this name. Top, top Ch- deck, right? Top deck. It's Chinese so, guys. So Justin Yap. Justin Yap. That's it. Yeah, there's a lot of great music on top there. Yeah, Coxon didn't like him much. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Scottalites in there. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> but those were the days, you know. And um, we can't turn back the hands of time. Mm-hmm. But if we didn't create what we did or did what we did in those days, mm-hmm. maybe they wouldn't, the music wouldn't be what it is today. You know, and I'm yeah. so proud and pleased to know that I'm a Jamaican and helped. To create something that is seems like it's going to be everlasting. Definitely. I mean, well, you definitely did that, and we're very grateful you did it too. Um, and yeah, you mentioned you know you can't turn back the hands of time, but it's like that that music. You know, it's always it's always good to move forward and, and create new things. But that music will never just beyond the influence that it continues to have on further music. I mean, just that music by itself, I'll never get tired of listening to, to ska and Rocksteady and, and the gay lads and Winston and Bibby, you know, and I wanted to ask you about, um, I wanted to ask you about Winston and Bibby and like what you can tell us about, about those days. Like I'm interested in like, where did you rehearse? You know, what was the songwriting process like between you and, and Delano Stewart and that kind of thing? We used to hang out in the corner up in Rollington Town, that's in um, Kingston, and um, the, the east side of Kingston. And we sang out on the corner and rehearsed. We had a friend called Danny Wong, his father had a, a grocery store. And sometimes we used to rehearse in his front room, you know, and then the neighbors would get crazy. So we're making too much noise. And the thing is that when we didn't rehearse, they said, hey, what's up, guys? You're not rehearsing. <laughs> you see, so, you know, we couldn't win. But that's how it actually started. Wow. And Winston, I'm a friend. Winston used to sing with a group called the Rhythm Aces. And they were signed to Chris Blackwell. Mm-hmm. Boris Gardner was in there, Richard Yes, Dennis Moss, and Winston Delano Stewart. Wow. So I used to live close in the same neighborhood in Vineyard Town. And then um, when... Um, uh, Winston Delana came on. We started. We became friends because he was the youngest one in the group, you know. And um, we actually did our first recording in Studio One, and it was um, not "I'll Be There." I think we did a song called "I'll Be There," yes, and um, several other songs. You know, sometimes I can't even remember some of these things now. <laughs> well, well, I want to ask you about that because my there's a song called uh, "Wop Wop." 
That was an American song. Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> and you're an American. <laughs> oh, well, we, we only listen to Jamaican music. Though. We only listen to Jamaican music. Yeah, we listen to Jamaican music. Yeah. That's about no it. Louis Jordan yeah. here. Only, yeah, that was, that was, only that was American music. We, that was a cover song, yeah. And so that, uh, the date on that is, is 1964. Yeah. And you have, you know, BB and the Astronauts in 1965, some releases. My question is, were you doing both groups simultaneously? Was it one or the other? When you say both groups, you're talking about Winston and BB and lads, the gay lads. The gay lads and, 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 yeah. And BB and the Astronauts. Yeah. No, um, I think I left the group. Uh, the group, when the group came about first, right? Cox Nando's doing some cover songs, um, some traditional songs. Mm-hmm. Like um, um, Brown Skin Girl and, and, and um, some more songs like that, you know, because mm-hmm. we didn't realize that we could write. And we didn't realize that we could write either until we started creating. But he actually wanted us to do those songs, that kind of music. And so that's where we started. And then in 1965, I left the group and I went to the North Coast to do some work at the hotels. And I had a band called the Carousels. So um, after a year, I got tired of it, and I actually wanted to go back into the studio. And then I went back to Kingston, went to see Morris. That's Morris Roberts. He's mm-hmm. dead now, God rest his soul, and Delano. And I remember we went to see a friend in a place called um, Franklin Town, and it was beside a cemetery. So he actually said we should wait outside until he's ready because he was putting his clothes on and having a show and all kind of thing. And I went over to this cemetery and sat in a gravestone. Grave and I'm scared of these things, you know. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a song was said, Lady, lady with the red dress on. I said, shit. <laughs> and I just went back to Morris and, and, and Delana and said, hey, we've got something here. And we went to Coxon again. Is when I went back to Coxon now. And in 1967, and we did Lady with the and that was the beginning of the Gaylas group. That was one of our biggest hits. And he actually released You Should Never Do That on the other side of the record. And he had to split the record because it was selling so fast. And he wanted to make more money, so he split it and had two records instead of one. Oh, wow. That's, That's toxic for you. It's so, nothing beats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you you mentioned um, doing some some traditional songs like Brown Skin Girl, and I wonder, I wanted to ask about the tune um, Emmanuel Road that you guys sang, because that's that another one. one. That's, that's one, one of those, right? Because yeah, I've heard a lot yeah. of a lot of groups uh, do that song, and I wanted to ask. I've always wondered, like, what what's the story behind that in particular? What's the or- origin of that song, and what's up with Emmanuel Road? <laughs> What, well, what we don't know anything about Emmanuel Road. These are just traditional songs that were right. done, you know, by the, the, the um, um, yeah, Calypso musicians, you know, who used to play on the North Coast and all of that. Mm-hmm. You see, and um, that was what Cox oh, sorry. knew about. So, you know, he had us singing those songs. Brown Skin Girl, we did loads of songs like that. Um... Some, some of them I can't even remember now because you're talking about 60 years. 
and, and it's funny you mentioned doing some of these standards because, you know, my my recollection of the first Gay Lads album is is um, you know, uh, 1967, the Gay Lads on uh, Soul Beat at Soul Beat, but <laughs> that same year, there's an album called Sunshine Is Golden. Yes, and there's a lot of I mean, Big Bamboo's on there. Yes, this this song "Sunshine Is Golden" that was on I wrote, but the rest was um you know, cover songs. Uh-huh. I think we did yesterday on it as well too. One of the Beatles song, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, no, yeah, that's on there too. Yeah, yeah. And, so, but, and, so Devin will be joining us in a bit. But yeah. so those two albums were they released? I mean, um, they have the same year, nineteen sixty-seven. So. What was the concept behind that? Because they were both released by Coxon. Yeah, because you see, one is it's two different genres of music. Totally. You see, so you know, both of them could release at the same time. Obviously, one really was released before, and I think it was Sunshine. It's cool, and I think. And then um, Soul Beat. If you notice, I've got a, a label called Soul Beat. Yeah, there's right, the and there was a song on the album that we wrote that was called Soul Beat as well. Mm-hmm. And most of these songs on that album, it was played by the Gaylas band. Oh, wow. Yeah, we actually bought, we got, in 1967, we got 425 pounds as royalty from Coxon. Wow. And 425 pounds for three young guys was a lot of money in 1967. Oh, yeah. So we actually bought the instruments from Coxon. Mm-hmm. So he got back the money. Mm-hmm. And um, we reversed, and, and and even a song called Red Rose, it was the band playing Love Me All Your Heart. Wow. When, when the night and was recording that in the studio, Coxon went wild. He didn't, he, the only person that we had brought in that in the band was Jackie too. Oh, man. In the Gaylord's band. You know? Oh, geez. And yeah. so so the band on Soul Beat, I want to talk about that because it sounds to me like, are those the, is that what you're talking about? Because it sounds to me like it's the the Soul Brothers, you know, sound dimension. No, 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 no. They, they played maybe about three or four songs on the album. Okay, but okay. most of the album was played by the Gaylas Band. Oh, that's she beautiful. She cried. All of these things that was you know. Oh, geez. all of these songs was, was good. It's, I mean, wow! I did not know that. I totally assumed that it was just you know the house band, the studio one house. No, band. no, no. We we even played. We played that. We backed up um, Slim Smith. Wow. With a song called um, Born to Love You. Yeah, Born to Love You. That was a Gaylas band playing. Wow. And um, Dudley Sibyl is with Gunman. It was a Gaylas band playing that. Wow. I did not know that. I would never have guessed that. No, no. This is why the book is important, you know. And, and, and um, it, 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 we need to tell people these things because they will never know unless we say something. I agree. You know, and I, I don't agree. like telling lies, you know. I <laughs> because sometimes I say the wrong thing again. You know. But yeah, and, the band the band was, was really doing a lot. Maybe it is so important because there's so many fans out there of early Jamaican music that um like myself, you know, been listening to it for over twenty years and still hearing these stories is so important because you're right. A lot of people assume that okay, it's recorded on this label, these are the musicians, or they assume other things, you know, just by the information they have based on the song or the label or, you know, whatever history is on the web. Yeah. So your book is very important, sir, and I can't wait. To, can't yeah. wait till it's on Amazon. It's uh, <laughs> okay. 
I'm, good. I'm not, I'm not going to let that to wait too long for that. Yeah, please don't. Um, around the same time, I had to ask you about this because it's a heavy, heavy song. A lot of collectors love it. But the cover of Sound of Silence, right? Whose idea was that? Who Was someone a Simon and Garfunkel fan? or I was. Nice. Yeah, I love Simon and Garfunkel, man. Good writers, good singers. Uh-huh. But Cox, um, Coxon chose the song. Okay. And he said, no, I want the Gaylers to do it, not the Whalers. Because the Whalers is more like a downtown roots sound. And mm-hmm. Gaylers was more like an uptown classy sound. This is right. how he, he interpreted the whole thing. So, you know, he got us to come in and do that. And it's with it's the Soul Brothers band. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a classic song. Beautiful sound. Beautiful yeah, I still do it on stage when I, when I, when I perform and all of that. Yeah. And oh, I do yeah. it with dub plate and all these things. People love it with the dub plate. You know? <laughs> love it. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, now we jump into the, you know, the nicer groove, the rock steady groove. And the song I want to talk about is, is one of my favorite Gaylad songs. And it's probably in my top three. And I don't say this to say this, like just all time rock steady songs, probably out in Alice Willow tree. Some insert another song. And then over the rainbows end is <laughs> just amazing composition, amazing vocals. Everything about that song is perfect to me. Can you please tell me about that tune? Well, I wrote the song, right? Um, what I think is about, about the song is the greatest thing is the harmony structure. And I know the lyrics is it's all right, too. Uh-huh. But when we're singing somewhere over the rainbow, angels fly, you know what I'm saying? That kind uh-huh. of sound. Uh-huh. You know, so that was what it stood out amongst the rest of um, musicians and, and music. It had a song called um, Hard to Confess. It was Beautiful done on the song. same session. Uh, that was done on the same session as well, too. That's you know, but Over the Rainbows and is one of my favorites. And it's so, so I, I, I hear, does that Lynn Tate? That sounds just like Lynn Tate on the, on the lead guitar. Yes. Yeah, yeah it is, right? Yeah. Oh my yes, gosh, that's what I <laughs> Jackie Jackson. Oh, I'm Winston Wright. Ooh. All of these guys. And Ox Brown. Winston Grenham. Drums. Oh my gosh. That is just it's 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 almost make believe to me. Dynamic sounds. Okay, dynamic. With Leslie Kong? No. Oh, this is Sonia. No. Was this is Sonia Pottinger? Sonia Pottinger, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So now you moved over there to Sonia to start working with Sonia Pottinger. Yeah. Um. So how was that? What was that transition? Because you were working with Coxon. We, we left Coxon because of of um what we did. He, he had an accountant, and um my father gave me a car because my father had a garage and thing and gave me a car. So we took the accountant on a trip to Moran Bay. Okay. Morris and Delano, myself and this guy. And we treated him so well that he started uh-huh. to tell us all the inside of what Coxon is up to uh-huh. with the royalty payments and saying that Coxon was ripping us off. Uh-huh. So when we went back to, to Kingston, the following day we, we confronted Coxon and um, he got up like he wanted to um, 
inspired the three of us. Oh, wow. But because he was a boxer, you know, even I say boxer, not officially, but, you know, he could box. Right. And his punch of Joe Higgs and all these guys already. Mm-hmm. But because he knew that my family was a kind of middle class thing and they were mm-hmm. Swiss he didn't do anything. It's a guy who I respect highly, you know, and survival sometimes make you do some foolish things. Right. You know, right. and then, then we told him that we're not, we don't want to stay with arms to the one anymore. And that's why the reason why we left and went to um, Tip Top Records. Well, I love it. I mean, I, it's, it's, as many pros and cons there were about that journey. I mean, <laughs> over the <laughs> rainbow sand, we wouldn't have some of these songs. Um, yeah. I'm going to see what is up with my colleague here. Let's bring in Devin. I think that Devin's ready to, to join okay. in. Devin, are you there? Hey, yeah, sorry. The the apartment building that I live in, the fire alarm for the whole building went off and they made everybody evacuate <laughs> right in the middle of the show. So uh, well, that is what happened when you're speaking to BBC. To that, <laughs> yeah, you just set the whole, the chaos just set the whole place on fire. There's a fire. <laughs> burning, burning, burning in my, in my building. <laughs> yeah. There's a fire. Yeah. There you go. And then Fireball Rock by Mr. Jackie Matu was that. I yeah. love that song, and then that was obviously came from There's a Fire. The Days of Fire was not done for Studio One, and it was done for Beverly's. Mm-hmm. Beverly's. That's a unique sound right there. That yeah. Beverly's, Leslie Kong. I mean, that's just an era. I think I think Leslie Kong was one of the, he treated us much better than um, Carlson mm. in terms of money and respect and all of these things. Right. You know, and... um. When we recorded um, My Jamaican Girl, we actually hired the studio ourselves, and this was played by my band called The Conscious Minds. Mm. And we had dynamic sounds and recorded the song. And we gave it to Leslie Kong to release because they had control over the studio, the, the, the music, the radio stations. Mm-hmm. So they would get it um, aired quicker than us. And they actually put his name on it as a producer. Poor thing. He, he didn't, he wasn't even in the studio when we did that. Wow. And the song stayed num- at the number one position for 32 weeks. It's in the Guinness Book of Records. Wow. My Jamaican girl. And it's only because Jamaican men, and I'm talking about myself now, we were so chauvinistic. Mm. And then um, the women were like second class. So when My Jamaican girl came out, maybe that's why it stayed so long. Because it put the Jamaican women on the front now, not the back. Right. And I really feel I felt proud of myself, you know, for contributing such a song to mm-hmm. to the women of Jamaica. I love them the bits. Definitely, I, I agree. As far as trying to recollect songs that, that I remember praising and speaking highly of of, of women in general. It's, it's a good point. I never really thought of it like that. It's a great song, great everything about it. Another, a, another song, sorry, oh, sorry, David. Another song that we did was a song called Africa We Want to Go. Oh my gosh, that is a tune. And that is, uh, I'm talking about, when we did that, Bob didn't sing, start singing about Africa yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's a classic song. That's a great song. Who's on piano? That piano intro. That is uh, Jackie Me Too. It was recorded at Studio One. Oh my gosh, that is a great, great song. I love yeah. how obviously it starts with with you know it's kind of groove, but and as soon as it picks up into the upbeat, it's perfect. You know? Yeah, classic, 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 man. 
<laughs> I wanted to ask about, um, I think it's a Winston and Bibby tune uh, for Studio One, I believe, called Wicked Men. Um, was that no. Winston and Bibby? No. No. That I got it all wrong. That's the song I was trying to remember. No, see, that was the Bibby and and the astronauts, uh. right? And it rub it down and Wicked Men. Nice. Yeah, I've man. always I've always loved Wicked Men. Do you remember anything about? I mean, uh, anything about writing that tune or, or recording it? Or just that's always been one of my favorites. So I just wanted to ask about that. Yes, I, I well, my memory isn't that bad, you know. <laughs> I may look old, but I'm not cold. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Well, I know so, you've done so much. So that song was about Babylon. They call it Babylon. You see, it, it was the policemen that were killing the, the young guys in in Jamaica. And this was one of the reasons that I wrote the song about Babylon and thing and wicked men. It's a I was great calling tune. Them wicked men, you know, because of what they were doing. See, but the classic song, you know, and um, it, it, that was Baby and the Astronaut, not the Gaylords. Mm. Baby and the Astronauts, okay. Yeah. Going back to um, the Sonia Pottinger stuff, the, the song "If You Don't Mind" is another favorite of mine. I love that song. And the organ at the top, like bam, 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 like that's. As an organ player, I've stole that. Lick. But, but that um, wasn't that that wasn't done for Pattinger. Oh, okay. That was on the high note label, I think. So I assumed maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, if I you don't, don't mind, if you don't mind, no, no, I wrong. think we did that. We did that with um Lee Perry. Lee Perry, and that, so that was my next question: Is Lee Perry yeah. produced that? Correct. Well, yes, they produced it. We actually played everything, the, the, the bass and everything. Wow. But we gave him credit to produce that, you know, because wow. um, we call him Scratch. Scratch was a guy that we knew when he when he first came to audition with Studio One. And Ken Booth and myself were sitting in the room. We were down by Rose Lane, and that's where Cox had his print tree, and the rehearsal room. And, and um, Scratch came in and did um, Chicken Scratch. That's the name mm-hmm. of the song. And Ken and myself, we started laughing. I said, this guy can't sing. And look who, at, at um, Lee Perry now, he's pulling some vast crowd in Europe and all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in, in life, you know, you just have to just, um, go over the floor sometimes. You know, but yeah, it, that wasn't the song that, it wasn't recorded for, you know, it was recorded for um, Scratch. Right. Wow. It had a song called, you, you had your chance. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so, yeah. In the same year, in 1969, a song called What She Do Now. But the producer, Lin- Linford Anderson, correct? No. No? Linford Anderson was just, they, they parroted the song and put all kind of thing on it. Okay. Linford Anderson was just an engineer of the studio. Engineer, okay, engineer. Yeah, and in Dynamite song, not the producer. I oh, was the guy you. who produced the tune. Right, right, right. But you know, I What wondered- She Do Now. Did, so have, was that like, did you work with Linford a lot? I know, because he, he was... AKA was Andy Cap, and I'm a fan of the Andy Cap stuff. He really. But he was the top engineer, I think. Was Linford he? Anderson, yes. Wow. We work with all of these people. Wow. And the musician loved to work with the Gaylords too, you know, because when I wrote that song um, over the rainbows, then I used some augmented and, and diminished sound in it. Right? And the musicians loved that because not every Jamaican artist would bring a tune to them with, with that kind of um, uh, chord structure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see, and I only created that because 
when I was at Cox and we got the money, 400 pounds as I said to in royalties, I actually bought a, a, a book called The Rudiments and Theory of Music. It was a red, red book. And they used to call me uh, a communist because the book was red and I said, the red book of China. <laughs> and we used to have jokes about it. But I swat that book. And this is where when I wrote my, my songs, mm -hmm. I could use different um, chord progressions. Wow. And then the musicians loved that. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I bet Jackie loved that. Oh huh? my God. He was, he was a, I was the one who actually brought Jackie me to, to studio one, you know. Cause he used to play the band wow. called the Rivals in um, Harborview area. And I used to sing with the band. Me and a guy called Honey Boy Martin. And I brought um, him to Cox because Cecil Lloyd didn't turn up for the session. Cecil is a great jazz musician, um, pianist. And he didn't turn up. So I said to Jack Cox and said, I'm going to bring somebody for you. And I brought Jackie Me Too. And Jackie Me Too was the guy who actually turned Sudo One around. We used to go, I used to, he used to live at a place called Moran Bay. Mm -hmm. And I used to go up there to see him on Sundays. And we'd go on the beach and he would have his um, melody car or whatever he used to have. And he would say, Pitch a note, babe. And then I pitch a note, he would just play bam, just like that. Wow. This is how great this guy was, you wow. know, and he's not getting the credit in Jamaica for his contribution to the mm -hmm. Jamaican music. I agree. I agree. And he was. If you, you disagreed, I, if, if you disagreed, I would just come off the interview right away. <laughs> 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 I want to joke it. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's, I, you should do that. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he's Love an author. Bit, man. God rest his soul, you know, but all of these yeah. guys, man, you know. And even Cox himself, you need mm -hmm. you need to have a statue of somebody like that. Because without Cox, maybe, maybe you would have a burning spear of Bob Marley, or Ken Booth, and Gilas, or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. See, even though a statue is just a statue, but it's a show to show the appreciation for somebody that made a contribution to the Jamaican music. That anywhere in the world you're going to talk about reggae music, you can think of. Um, of Jamaica, or Bob Marley, or Coxon. You know, so if I was the Prime Minister, that's the first thing I would do. Definitely. Yeah, good, good point. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. It's like, it always is amazing to me the the influence that, that Jamaica, the island, the place Jamaica has had on the on global music, you know, because, with, you know, it's well documented, but maybe not so well known as it should be that, you know, hip-hop music came directly from, from the DJ thing, and and electronic music came directly from from dub and then not to mention you know the influence that reggae itself and rocksteady and ska has had on the music of the world and when you think of it coming from such a small island and then really you know you zero in it's, it's you know recorded in such a small portion of the island it just is always amazing to think about for for myself um the, the saying in jamaica is we little but we tell our Right. You don't, you don't understand that, do you? Yeah, Liquid oh, Boy with Talawa. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Sorry about that. I know a little bit. No, that's yeah, okay. but, you know, that, that's, that's, um, that's what Jamaicans are like, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. we, we create things out of nothing. Right. You know, and um, I'm not saying this because I'm a Jamaican, but I'm proud to be a Jamaican. And I don't care some of the things I say if it's really something good about the country. Because okay, one has to right. promote. The whole thing, you know. Of course. Yeah. Do you? Is there anything you, else you, you want to talk? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, do you get to go back to, to Jamaica often? I, I, or yeah, are you in England yeah. most of the time? No, 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 I go to Jamaica often. Um, like every January, we go down, my wife, my wife and myself, and we spend five weeks and just chill out. Sometimes we go and see Toots, um, not Toots, um, yeah, Toots last, last year, we did a show together with Toots. And I'm Sly and Robbie, all of these guys. Mm-hmm. All of these musicians were a good friend of mine because I was the vice president of the Jamaica Federation of Musicians. You uh-huh. and I for about four years. And I actually called a strike. And not a strike, but we boycotted RJR because they weren't playing enough Jamaican music. Mm. They were playing the music from America and England and weren't giving the Jamaican producers or the Jamaican music a chance on the radio. So we actually boycotted it. All of these things we did. Before COVID and all this stuff, you, you were still active, right? Playing shows and traveling the world? Well, actually, um, because I was meant to play in um, Detroit um, next month. Wow. Contract is already signed and everything. Wow. And then we were going to do um, LA and um, San, San Diego or something like that. You were in Los Angeles not that long ago. I think I was on tour with, with a band, so I missed seeing the gay lads. In, uh, yeah, yeah, that was, was a good night. Yeah. Do yeah you, I really do loved you, it. Do you feel like, what's the feeling like when you, these Rocksteady songs that were created so long ago, and you have the audience singing with you. Like, did you, could you imagine that? <laughs> i tell you something. When I went to, I've been to Japan three times. And I mean, when you hear these people singing the songs, it makes you wonder. I've been to Mexico, the same thing. And all over the world you go, even though they don't speak English, they would rehearse these, the lyrics from the songs and sing it back to you. When I went to Mexico, I didn't have to sing a word. All I did was just started the start the song, and everybody was just singing everything. Mm-hmm. Even the ad libs, they were ad libbing. <laughs> you know, so it, it was a joy, man. You know, I enjoyed myself doing that, and you know, enjoy like to see people appreciating the works that we have done and what it has done to them as well. You know, definitely. Yeah, man, give thanks every time to the Father. Definitely, man. Um, you mentioned Ken Booth um, earlier, and there's an album called The Great Ken Booth Meets B.B. Seaton and the Gay Lads. Um, so what's that album about? Were you just really good friends with Ken? Um, we still are friends. And I wrote about 26 songs for him. Wow. I'm talking about The Girl I Left Behind was the first one for, when it was a pseudo one. Wow. And, and then Freedom Street, Drums of Freedom, Mr. Wind, Why Baby Why, uh, you name it. I've wrote so many songs for him. Wow. Wow, <laughs> I did not know that. Freedom Street. Jeez. Mm. That's his, That's one of his hits, hits, you know. That I've never stopped getting royalties from that song. Oh, shoot. <laughs> from 1969 until now. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. But I've written I've written songs for many artists in in in, in Jamaica. Many please Jamaican please artists. elaborate, please. You know, like um, Jimmy London, mm-hmm. saddest moment of my life, happy anniversary, um, the melodians swing and dine and dance for your money. 
Beautiful tune. And um, yeah, and um, so, so, so many Master Griffiths, the way I feel about you. Mm. Some classic songs. Wow. I think that's my strong point. And, um, and uh, my publishing company now, so from 1991, so this is why. Um, I can't say I'm not I'm not singing for anybody this year. Mm-hmm. And they're making so much money from the publishing. Right. That's that's a smart move. I feel I feel a lot of Jamaican artists usually have a just you know, bad stories about that. Obviously early days of Jamaica it wasn't as fair as it should have been with publishing and payment. Um was that something that was important to you to figure out the music business? Yeah, but um, we, I mean, we weren't alone, you know. Um, yeah. it, this was happening to American artists as well. True, true. In the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, so we were not in nothing new. That's true. You know, but this is how you deal with the situation, you know, as an individual person now. Because, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blowing my own trumpet now because I don't like playing with, with instruments. But I went to good schools. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I learned composition been at school and was good at it. Right. And this was my, you know, that became my strong point in terms of writing music. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is where I, I put my effort into um, writing songs. So I set up a publishing company. This was, it, I was influenced to do that by a guy called Glenn Adams. Very good like friend of mine. The organist, right? The organist? Class, yeah, man, good friend. And, you know, I, I miss him dearly. Yeah. You know, good friend, man. And, you know, he played some good music as well because he was with the upsetter. Oh yeah, original and, um, upsetter. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, so definitely. Mm. Um, we had Mr. Val Douglas on the show not that long ago, <laughs> and um, so is it true that the backing band for the for the Ken Booth album that you guys did together that was the Now Generation? Which one? The one you just mentioned? Yeah, the the, the great Ken Booth meets BB Seaton and the Gay Lads. No, yeah, some of them were the, um, not, not all the tracks, mm-hmm. you know, and this was one of my production too. I mean, um, we, we, had a, we had a company called Lynx. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if you heard of that. No, no. It was the first in the history of Jamaica. Okay. Artists came together to do their own productions and form a company together. And it was the Melodians, Delroy Wilson, Ken Booth, and the Gay Lads. Wow. And we did songs like um, a song I wrote for Deroy recently called Give Love a Try. Mm-hmm. And one, I'll Never Hurt You. It's really called Soul Resolution. That's the first title. I'll never hurt you, no, I never desert you, no, I won't. That, and um, Aren't You the Guy by the Gaylords? And Ken Wood, Can't You See? And um, there's so many songs. That's a great song, Can't You yeah. See? Jeez. Yeah. Classic, another classic, man. Yes, yeah, so, but that, that was the um the, the Lynx organization, and we did a song called "It Comes and Goes" with the Melodians and yeah. Sweet Rose. Wow. Yeah, the other side of it, you know. Yeah, so you know sure. that, that was the first time, and and, and then you yeah, had the producers trying to fight against us because they didn't want musicians to get involved with the production side of it of to see you know where the money was coming from. Right. So we did all of that. Right. Now you, now you guys really know how much you should be getting. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think all I'm doing in here, and this is when you read my book, you know, the first thing you said about my kids, mm-hmm. 
And they're in it, you see? They're like the, they're there. Oh, oh beautiful. Yeah, so. Wow. I gotta get this book. Can't wait till it's on Amazon. One of my son, um, Richard, he plays with Eminem, 50 Cent, Mary J. Blige, Prince, you name all of these people. Wow. wow. And you see friends the shows. Wow. He lives in Atlanta. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when I was, I think it was about the year 2000 or so uh, in, in Long Beach here, I went to, uh, we, we have this festival every year called, the, it used to be called Bob Marley Festival, and now it's called the Ragamuffins Festival. Okay. Um, but I saw Bunny Whaler play. And there were three uh, gentlemen singing backup vocals for him, and they were called Psalms. Um, was that you? I would never back Bonnie Wheelers. I think okay. I'm bigger than that. All right, well. And I'm not sure enough, because I remember when Bonnie Wheelers used to go to school. I mean, used to go to the school and sing for them there. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I remember. It, it, was, it was Morris Roberts that was in the Gaylands, the original one, mm-hmm. and two brothers, the Taxter brothers. And I, those are some guys I used to teach to sing. And then they formed the group. When I left the group, uh, okay. I gave Morris, you know, and then Morris took over from with the Galas. And then I became B.B. Seaton. Right. Influenced by B.B. King. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, because I remember someone at that show saying, oh, they, the, some of the guys in the back, in, in, in the, the backing vocal group used to be in the Gay Lads. So I wasn't, that's right. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah, the, the Psalms, they didn't like the name because it's, um, you know, Jamaicans are homophobic. Right. Not that, not that time that we're, you know, and even though we were called the gay lads, the gay lads name was given to us by Coxon because we were happy guys. Mm-hmm. And that's what it meant. Of course. Right. So yeah. what I was so stupid, what I should have done, I should have patented the name and I would have been a billionaire today. <laughs> no kidding. Get the patent on the name? Wow. <laughs> yeah. The website, everything, the whole thing, everything. It's good to see you guys laugh, and that's very important because you see, the more you laugh, is the healthier you become, man. That's true. The more sad you are, the worse you are. Well, smile about and give your face a rest. Yeah, I'm just, I'm happy my uh, building didn't burn down here. I'm, I'm back in, and it looks like false (laughs) alarms. So, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty happy. Right? You know, 2020, you never know. Any, I expect everything. This is it, yeah. Yeah, and you've got somebody at the helm of your country right now that I don't know which direction he's going, you know? Oh, no. Hopefully, he's going the direction of right out the door in about two months. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say much about it, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's, we don't need to talk about that fool. No. Um, <laughs> the, touching on the Psalms, though, w- were they the backing vocals for your album, Everyday People? Is that correct? Yes, some of the tracks. Some of them, okay. Yeah. Well, one of the, I think one of the most classic songs that Gail has ever done was a song called Join the Morning. Mm-hmm. Beautiful tune. Beautiful. Yeah, that was, um, you know, with Lynn Tate and, 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 and thing. This was led by um, Delano Stewart, mm-hmm. but written by both of us, you know, and this was one of the classic songs. Yeah. Join the morning, you bring me join the morning. I did a version of it on um, as BBC, which is another good version, but that one, that version still the best. 
oh, we yeah. you know that that tune in particular has always been very big in in los angeles in the uh you know la has always had a kind of revivalist ska and rocksteady scene uh since the 90s really yeah. and um there's a there's a group put together by I, i'm sure you know persephone right nathan's yeah nathan's mm-hmm. wife. yeah so she put a group together in she actually about me when i was there right i know and um that's how we got the link with you her and nathan but uh she she put a band together a while ago called the la all-stars and we would do shows um just you know covers performing jamaican tunes and we used to do joy in the morning uh at every at every show that was a big one yeah oh that's i received so much royalties from that era nice Wow. <laughs> well, we wow. owe you. We owe you. Keep doing it, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good to know. Yeah. And you're like, and some of those Ken Booth songs too. Please play. Please play Freedom Street. Yes. Yeah, one yeah. of my band. One of my bands, Agrilites. We play Freedom Street all the time. So yep. there you go. You do. Agrilites. Agrilites. That name. I, I know the, the name. You know, right? Um, I'm thinking of some other guys from somewhere. Close to 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 um, LA. Yeah, well, well that's and they were the into the agro agrolites band. Yeah, well, that's that's my band, the agrolites, and we're from Los Angeles. Yeah, right. But there's a lot of members that have come and gone in the band, so you might have crossed paths with who knows. Okay. But um, yeah, we play. The, we currently have that song in our set, Freedom Street. It's a mm-hmm. great song. And, no well, I mean, you I'm gonna tell the guys that BB Seaton wrote it and they'll trip yeah. out. Yeah. You owe, you owe him some money now, Roger. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, BB, I'll make sure I'll make sure Roger gets you that money. Don't worry. Leave it to me. Yeah, okay. So you're gonna be my manager for that run, one song, right? For that song, I will yeah, manage Freedom Street uh, as performed by the Agrilites. Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> we got you. Well, um, Mr. S- Roger, did you have anything else that you would like to ask Mr. Seaton? I, I know I we're getting close. You know, to we, we got to have Mr. Seaton on for another show because it, there's so much. We talked about his early career and there's so much that we got to get into about his later career. So we yes. got to have a part two for sure. I was looking at something just now before you guys mm-hmm. came on on this computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something about some kind of money thing for artists and all of that. Okay. I'm not saying that I wanted any money now or anything like that. I'm not saying, but I, I was showing my wife, and she said that you can't be getting all of that money. It's down to sixty-three thousand something. <laughs> no, that's uh, so. the The platform that's streaming this right now is uh, Rootfire.net. And, yeah. s- and since the uh, they've started something called Rootfire TV, so they're the hosts for this. And since the pandemic started, um, and artists can't tour anymore. They've yeah. hosted various artists um, coming on here doing acoustic things um, and different people coming on and doing like Q&A. And that's the total sum that um, all of these artists, which is maybe over two or three hundred, have raised uh, collectively. Um, and the, the, this, what we're doing right now, is not really a part of, uh, of that uh, raising money thing we have we do have a donation where people can donate but uh people don't really donate to to this show too much <laughs> because we don't, right. really, we don't really plug we don't really uh push the donations too much but some of the artists uh, who come on and you know aren't making any money anymore because they can't tour have uh have raised some donations through root fire so it's a pretty cool thing that way yeah but i just told you that i, I lost a show in, in detroit and these places i need some of that money too all right yeah. well we, we will see, uh, there you go hold on a minute please yeah sure <laughs> we gotta get bb some money 
what I'm going to need from you guys is a contact, right? Because I want to keep sending you some new releases and things, you know? Yes, for please. Sure. For sure. This is my wife. Oh, um, excellent. Beautiful. You have a record together. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just put that. It says peace uh, and love. Yeah, it's beautiful. And huh. I've been together for 35 years. Wow, wow. congrats. That's Thank awesome. You. That's, nowadays, that's huge. I know. I'm doing something right. You're doing something right. <laughs> You've been doing something right for years, yeah. baby. I no, mean, I can't thank you guys enough, man. You know, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, give thanks to Nathan, too. Yeah, you know, I, really, I really check for him and um, Persephone, all of these people, nice people. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, hey, man. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much. It was really our, our pleasure and honor to, to have you on. And thank you for sharing uh, some time and stories with us. And as Roger mentioned, we would love to have you on again in the future and, and touch on, uh, you know, some, some of your, some of your other, uh, many other works that you've done. Yeah, thank you very much. And um, please send me an email that I can um, keep sending you stuff in terms of music. I'm not going to send you any stupid music. You can send, send us whatever you like. Send us everything. <laughs> send us everything, yeah. please. <laughs> and we'll uh, hopefully, hopefully we can all get a copy of your book soon. I can't wait to purchase that. Yes, yes. It's called BB, um, BBC in 60 Years After. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. People should be seeing that. Yes, yes. there it is. Yeah, and you see the back? Oh, so if if people are in London right now, they can they can pick it up now. Yeah, all right. It's sold out the other day, so I think I'll be reprinted. All right, great. Well, people are already in the comments saying that they want to get a copy, so it'll yeah. be on Amazon soon and ebook soon. Look out for That's that. That's right. Yeah. Can't all wait. right, Mr. Seaton, thank you so much. Peace. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Thank you, Mr. Seaton. Mr. BB Seaton. Wow. Yes, he, that was amazing. It was so on fire that he caused your fire alarms to go off i've never had an artist be so hot that he caused me to evacuate my entire building right he's a true gentleman you know he's got the (laughs) it factor like i just want to hang out and talk to mr c i know this is it's too short these but we got to have him back on for sure so um raj i know that you you got a split so um you know let's tell everybody next next week we're doing a special toots tribute um uh, it was going to be our selector showcase, uh, but now we're going to just play all Toots records. And you can see I got a bunch of Toots records behind me here. Um, and so um, you can tune in next Saturday at our regular time, 6 p.m. Pacific. And we're going to not be doing it live. We're going to have it pre-recorded, but it's going to be um, an episode where Roger and I talk about Toots. We've got some special guests that are going to um, come on and sing a, f- a few songs and talk about Toots. And we're just going to play Toots records the whole time. So please tune in next week for that. Yes. And um, anything, Raj, you'd like to tell the people? No, I mean, tune in for that. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Mr. Toots Hibbert. And uh, yes. we're going to celebrate celebrate his whole career and his life next Saturday. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, so thank you to our guest, Mr. B.B. Seaton. Um, you know, rest in peace, Toots Hibbert. Your music will live on forever. And uh, next week we're going to do our small part in ensuring that happens by recording our uh, Toots Hibbert tribute. Um, until then, everyone be good to each other. Uh, Roger, have a good show tonight. Thank Playing with uh, Slightly Stupid and, and No Effects, huh? That's, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Big time. All right. Yeah. All right, Rog. See you soon. Right, See yeah. you, everybody. See you guys. Peace.